What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. As always, I am Justin Michael. I am your host. Whether you are looking at refinancing your current mortgage or buying a new home, Mike and Virginia Chevalier of Chevalier Mortgage will make the process as simple and smooth as possible. If you've gone through the loan process before and you know, you'd rather, I don't know, make a trip to Laramie, go clear the gutters, do a bunch of yard work, root for the Dodgers. It's a, it's a tough experience is the point I'm getting at. But if you've ever worked with Mike in Virginia, trust me, they're going to make it smooth, quick, enjoyable. They're some of the best in the business. What separates them from everybody else is Mike is also a certified financial planner and he looks at so much more than just the rate when designing your home loan. They're a small family-owned company, so you'll always feel like a person and not a number. I love that. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation. Again, that's dnvrmortgage.com. You can enter to get a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice. If you're old school, that's okay. Just give Mike a call directly at 970-412-2472. That's 970-412-2472. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. What do Colorado State men's and women's basketball have in common? They are 1-0 against Wyoming. The Rams are undefeated against Wyoming in sports that have happened in the pandemic world. Just throwing that out there. Got the bronze boot back in Fort Collins where it belongs. Got one road win up in Laramie for the men's team going for that sweep on Saturday. And the women's team took care of business at Moby Arena. They continue to pace the league. They're starting to get some love as well, guys. They're they're starting to get some love as an NCAA tournament team. Obviously, the toughest part about the the women's league is that it's going to be a one-bid league, so... Even if you win the regular season, if you do still hold the conference tournament, you're going to have to win that to make the NCAA tournament. But at this point, I just I don't see why there's any reason to believe that they shouldn't. I've already put it out there that I think the men's team will make the field. I'm going to go ahead and put it out there for the women's team right now as well. They are going to make the field. This team, they just feel different. I'm going to be kind of going over both of these games. I'll play some post-game audio from Nico Medved, courtesy of that media session, appreciative of CSU for sending that over. I actually was in the stands for the for the men's game on Thursday night, and it was a little bit of a different experience. I I honestly cannot remember the last time I sat in the stands for a men's basketball game. It's man, it's been years. Probably at least four. I don't know, but um it was it was a blast. It it honestly was. I went with uh, Steven Rodriguez of Ram Ruckus, my good friend Micah Davis. Obviously, if you're on if you're on Twitter, you know who that is. Longtime Ram fan. He is definitely one of the better follows as far as the younger CSU fan side goes. And then our uh, our buddy Mike Rowley was there as well. He used to write for the Coloradoan, worked at the Collegian. Now he's actually a law student up in Laramie, so already got his degree in Fort Collins. Now he's getting another degree in enemy territory. We forgive him, though. Uh, he's the only one smart enough to realize, hey, there's no money in sports media, and I'm going to go do something worthwhile. He's a, he's a smart dude. Had a blast seeing him. Anyways, it was just it was fun to be in the stands. It was fun to experience that energy. 
it was just it's something that's been missing all year. You know, I I didn't get to go to Logan, unfortunately. Would have loved to have been out there. So this was the first time I've experienced fans in the stands since the Mountain West tournament. And I just I forgot, man. I forgot how much I love that. And there was only like 1,800 people. And it, it seemed relatively safe to me. Obviously, you know, you never know. But all of the all of the people around me, which were mostly CSU people, they were respectful. They were wearing masks. I was around a lot of the the families of the players and coaches. So, you know, shout out to all of them for making the trip. I was glad that they got the opportunity, you know, to watch their loved ones play in person. But, you know, beyond that, it was just it was fun. It was fun to have the trash talking. I mean, there was one Wyoming fan that got a little heated with with us, Steven. And, and honestly, it was ridiculous, too, because they were just the Wyoming fans. They were leaving early. It made no sense. You know, it was obviously a great game. They missed a tremendous finish. I don't know what they were thinking, but it was, you know, within like the last two minutes of the game and they decide to head out early and Steven makes a comment, you know, ooh, leaving early. And this dude just flies off the handle, throwing F-bombs, trying to fight. Just ridiculous. Don't ever be that guy. Like, talk trash, you know, have a good time. Go back and forth. There's there's nothing better than a good banter back and forth between opposing fans. You can even, you know, take some jabs at each other. But the minute it becomes genuinely hostile and you're trying to fight somebody over a sports game, I mean, grow up. <laughs> grow up. It's ridiculous. Aside from one angry jerk, though, I thought it was a great experience. I thought Wyoming fans were, you know, more or less polite. They were all, you know, following the protocols and wearing masks based on what I saw. You know, I I just thought it was a good time. And I, I would love for Moby to be able to have some fans. I know, you know, that's based on county restrictions, but based on what I've seen, they could at the moment. So it, it would be cool if they could at the end. I understand if they won't at this point. I mean, you've made it this far. I mean, I think... You're just kind of trying to make it through this season, and I get that. It's just, it's a bummer because it is better with fans. It, it's so much better. The atmosphere, the energy, all of it. And there's no doubt that it provided a, a boost for Wyoming down the stretch, you know, especially in, in those final five minutes or so where there was a lot of up and down action. Would have been really easy, you know, if it was an empty arena for Wyoming with about 50 seconds left to just kind of hang their heads, tuck it in. You know, they'd essentially blown a game at that point. They were down two possessions after leading by nine in the second half. The fans gave them a little bit of juice. They kept fighting. They forced some turnovers. They made it interesting. They damn near won that game, man. Oh, man, that would have... That would have been a bitter drive back to Fort Collins if Quam Marble sinks that three-pointer. I'm going to talk about the last couple of minutes. There are two... There's There was a two-minute stretch from the 17-minute mark to the 15-minute mark in the second half, and then the last four minutes of game, those were the most crucial six minutes of this entire basketball game, in my opinion, and I have a lot of notes. It just... Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I, I really thought that he made that three, and, and it would have been just such a dagger. It would have been such a gut-wrencher. Much like if, uh, if you watch the NBA bubble... You know, Jamal Murray hit that big shot against Utah and, you know, Donovan or uh, Mike Conley, he almost made the game winning three for Utah. And if God, if he would have made that, it, it would have been such a gut punch. And this is this had such a similar feeling. You know, you you fight back, you battle, you make it interesting, you find a way to steal one. And, and, and Wyoming still damn near stole it. This this game should have never been in an eight point spread. That was that was something that people should have stayed away from. Anybody that it's wa- that has watched this series 
you know, over the last decade, it's it's always hard to win up there. It's just like it's a weird, weird vibe. You know, you're at like 7,200 feet elevation and the decor is all brown and yellow. And it's like the lighting is it's actually great for photography, but it, it feels weird in just like a, a normal setting. I don't know. It's just kind of a it's kind of an eerie place. I've had a bunch of former CSU players reach out to me over the years and just be like, man, I hated playing up there. It's it's such a weird vibe. Anyways, let's let's kind of jump into it here. You know, looking at the numbers, I don't think there's anything that's super surprising. CSU shot better from the field. They finished 55% compared to Wyoming's 43%. The Rams were better from three. I mean, Wyoming's entire offense is predicated on sinking those threes. They shot 36 of them in the game. That, you know, they they live and die by it. I talked about it going in and it played out that, that way in the game. They actually attacked a little bit more than I expected. Uh, they, they have no mid-range game whatsoever. CSU men, 88% from the free throw line. That was a really big key. Wyoming, 10 of 15, only 67%. The Rams went 14 of 16. I know Kendall Moore did miss one down the stretch and that kind of kept the door open, but he was tremendous in this game. And I'm not going to lay into him for one missed free throw when obviously he made the game-winning game winning layup, had a multiple big threes, really, really just stepped up, especially given that the team didn't have Isaiah Stevens down the stretch as he fouled out. Um, I thought that fifth foul on Isaiah Stevens was absolute trash. I thought the officiating in general was just really poor. For most of the game, I didn't feel like it was super one-sided. I know that it uh, seemed that way from the numbers standpoint. But I will say, I, I felt like Deshaun Thomas especially got called for two or three really ticky-tacky ones. I thought two of Isaiah Stevens' fouls were just flat-out ridiculous. It just it was not a well officiated game, um, but the, the the thing for CSU the reason that this game was was so much closer than it probably should have been, and I mean we knew it was going to be a hard fought one. Like anybody that thought the Rams were going to just go in there and kick their ass, like they haven't been paying attention. But it was just the turnovers, man, and and that's been an issue pretty frequently for the Rams this season. I mean, any game where it's been tight or they end up losing, turnovers have been a big factor. They had way too many against Boise State. They had 18 on the road against Wyoming. And, and they're pretty lucky that it didn't hurt them worse. Wyoming only converted it into 19 points. Definitely could have been worse there. But you basically, you know, gifted them 20 points just from being sloppy with the basketball. Now, again, like going back to the officiating, there were a couple of them where I they CSU got called for turnovers and I felt like they got hacked and it should have been a foul. So, you know, even if it was more like they had 14 or 15 legitimate turnovers and a couple of them were borderline. Either way, still way too many. You got to get that down under 10. I will say that, you know, I think the turnovers being so consistently an issue lately, probably the product of not getting to consistently practice like you would in a normal season. There are a couple of things where I feel that way with CSU uh, struggling against the press. That obviously almost hurt them really late in that game last night in Laramie. It's just the the little things, you know, those are the type of things that you iron out in practice. You just, you aren't getting those consistent reps on the floor like you would in a normal year because just the way the season is, the way the travel schedule works and obviously trying to keep everybody safe and healthy. And it's just a, it's such a unique season. So yeah, it's an issue. Yeah. You got to clean it up, but I wouldn't say the sky is falling or anything like that because at the end of the day, you know, they're still managing to stay in these games. The, the defense has been a big reason why. I, I did not like the way that CSU contested threes in this game, but part of the problem is they were sending a lot of help down low, particularly after the bigs got into foul trouble. 
And that was kind of making it tough on, you know, guys like Adam, they're trying to help in. And then all of a sudden, you know, you leave somebody in the corner, he's wide open, he gets a three. You need the bigs to be a little bit more competent defensively, regardless of whether, you know, the officiating was suspect or not. You just, you need those guys to step in. You can't, you can't expect David Roddy to be the five for 40 minutes. That's just, that's not sustainable on either end. There are times where the Rams can really play well, you know, on the offensive end and, and even on the defensive end, he holds his own. It's just, it's risky and, and you don't want to put him in that position. And, and it's especially hard when you're playing at 7,000 feet elevation. That's going to be a big factor, I think, on Saturday. You need just a stronger, more complete performance out of Deshaun Thomas and James Moores. You know, both of those guys, like I said, I felt like they got called for some ticky-tacky stuff. Uh, but it, they just, you know, they weren't great defensively. And it happens. There are going to be those nights, you know, I'm not trying to rail on them or anything like that. You know, Isaiah Stevens, you know, he had too, too many turnovers. There were just there's just some stuff in that game. It was just kind of sloppy, just kind of sloppy on both ends. At times, the Rams looked a little bit uh, disorganized at certain moments. I didn't love the body language at other times. But at the end of the day, they won because this team is just different. They found a way to grind it out and win. And, and that was one of the things I was talking about with Micah and Steven after the game, you know, on our way back. It's just like, I'm not sure Rams teams in the past find a way to win this. And, and that's not even like me trying to comment on the old coaching staff or anything like that. I just mean, it's just a mindset. You know, they, this CSU team, they're just built differently. They, they just keep chipping away and chipping away and chipping away. And, and when things aren't going, they don't really press. They might for, you know, 30 seconds to a minute, maybe two or three minutes. But, you know, Medved will call a timeout. They'll come out calm and collected. And time and time again, we just see this team answer the call. They just, they do. And that's what makes me so confident that they're they're ultimately going to reach the NCAA tournament because I, yeah, they might lose like one down the stretch, but I just, I, I don't see them blowing this. They just, they have so much talent, so much composure. And, and I know it, if it happens, you know, you could come back and, you know, old takes expose me or whatever. That's fine. That's the cost of believing in a team sometimes. And I, I believe in this team. I genuinely do. And I think you should too, because they're a, just, just so much fun. And this is what sports are all about. If you're not going to enjoy these moments and, you know, appreciate the highs and what, what, what's it all about guys, you know, this is what it's all about. So I'm, I'm so stoked, you know, I'm stoked for the future. I really think this team's going to make the NCAA tournament. I really hope I get to go, but just a big time win. Uh, I have some notes, like I said, and I'm going to talk about the second half and I'm going to play some post-game audio, but uh, real quick, we're just going to Take a second to hear from our partners. The 55th big game is this weekend. 55, a game this big, deserves a big prize, not just some trophy. To finish off the football season, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all players a no-brainer of an offer. To celebrate football's finale, DraftKings Sportsbook is doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in the big game. That's right. One touchdown, you double your money. Simple as that. Easy as one, two, three. I mean, what do you what one more what more do you want, people? They're literally giving you free money. As if this game wasn't enough of a reason to party. With the double the cash, you'll be celebrating till next season. Don't forget about the DraftKings big game prediction challenge with up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs. Instant prizes for everybody who enters the contest. DraftKings, they've already paid out $7 billion to players since 2012. 
They know a thing or two about paydays. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR to get a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in Sunday's game. That promo code DNVR to get a shot at doubling your money during Sunday's season night finale. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash prediction dash challenge dash DFS for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, all right, all right. Like I said, I'm going to play some post-game audio, but there were a couple of minutes or stretches, I should say, in this game that I really wanted to highlight. And the first started about the 17-11 mark of the second half. Now, at this point, Wyoming has its biggest lead of the game. That's nine points. They're up 48-39. to CSU calls a timeout. And coming out of that timeout, Isaiah Stevens is able to draw the pressure of the defense. He gets Moores the ball in the paint, draws the foul, he makes both free throws. 48-41, you're down seven at this point. Now, why, are, why am I talking about this? This two-minute stretch, in my opinion, this is what really gave CSU some life. Now, the, the end of the first half was kind of a struggle. Coming out in the first couple of minutes, Wyoming, you know, they're able to make some shots. It's starting to look like they've got the juice. They might pull away with this. I thought this was just kind of a gut check instance for the Rams, and they were really able to kind of fl- flip the momentum of the game now. Oh my gosh, that was, they were kind of able to flip the momentum of the game. Now, obviously, Wyoming got back into it later, but without this first two minute stretch, I think Wyoming maybe pulls away and ultimately, you know, wins this game. So, like I said, you know, at the 17 11 minute mark, Stevens, he draws the pressure, gets more, uh, gets more as the ball. He draws the foul, makes both free throws. You're down seven. After that, Wyoming goes down the floor. They throw a wild pass, turnover, you get the ball back. Coming out of that, Roddy posts up Maldonado. Now, this is something that he did repeatedly in the second half, and they didn't really have a lot of answers for him. They tried to double, and whenever he'd do that, he would pass it out. That actually led to a huge three uh, with Thistlewood with a minute left. But staying on topic, you know, Roddy, he posts up Maldonado. Three defenders crash on him at this point, and as soon as he does, Kendall Moore, who's just standing at the top of the key, runs completely undefended, completely uncontested, for a wide open layup, you're down five at this point. Just in that, you know, 45 seconds, you cut it to a two possession game. Coming down, Williams, he forces a really long three. Now, he had a great game. He had a really great game for Wyoming, a really bright future. I've talked about that, how I think that he is the Mountain West freshman of the year. That was a bad, it was a bad shot. You know, he forced it early in the possession. It was a really deep shot, pretty well defended. Um, just, just poor decision. Freshman in a freshman moment after that Roddy he works his way into the post again this time everybody doesn't crash they stay on their shooters so what does Roddy do he goes up finishes with a nice floater over Maldonado all of a sudden it's 48-45 and it's a completely different game the other stretch that I kind of wanted to highlight was the final four minutes now I'm not going to go over every single possession back and forth you can pull up the ESPN you know play-by-play if you want to do that go back and rewatch it Mountain West on demand but at the 351 mark, Isaiah Stevens fouls out. Uh, first of all, college basketball, get with the times, give players six fouls, fouling out with five, a little bit ridiculous in my opinion. It just it sucks when we, when we lose good players in important games. Nonetheless, I thought this was a really important test for CSU. Isaiah is, has been the guy. You know, anytime that CSU has had to operate in the crunch time, they might be looking to get the ball to David Roddy in the paint or something like that. 
But, you know, it's been Isaiah Stevens that runs the offense. Obviously, thinking back to that Tulsa game winner, thinking back uh, to Loyola Chicago and, and Nevada last year, and just time and time again, when the game has been on the line, Isaiah has been the one who has been setting it up. So to have to close this game on the road without their star point guard, that's that's a big time test. And that's something that you might have to do in the NCAA tournament. You know, a game could go to overtime or something like that. And or, you know, you could just be in foul trouble. It could just be another game like this where you just uncharacteristically get into foul trouble. And at that point, who's going to step up? And I thought PJ Bird was absolutely tremendous in this game. I just thought he played incredibly composed, drew a really big charge, hit a couple of really big mid-range shots where he was able to create for himself. I mean, he is just so quick off the dribble. And, you know, without him and John Tanjay and even Isaiah Rivera, who hit, you know, a, a big shot in this game, you're not able to you're not able to steal this one. It was the depth. It was really a team victory. You know, Kendall Moore, he made some big plays down the stretch, obviously had the game winning layup. Uh, I thought he went a little bit too early and I think Isaiah might have, you know, dribbled a little bit, but Hey, if it's open, go for it. You got the bucket, you finish at the rim, no beefs. And uh, what I loved even more, if you watch Kendall Moore, no celebrating, no dapping himself up, no throwing high fives. What does he immediately do? He gets back on defense. Now it, it wasn't a particularly, uh, beautifully defended possession at the end. They, like I said earlier, they gave marble just way too much space on that. It's it's just a tough it's a tough situation because you don't want to foul. You're worried about the drive. You don't want to foul on the shot either and give them three free throws. I mean that's that's a horrible situation, but just way way too much space on that. Luckily he bricked it, and uh, Wyoming missed a couple of threes down the stretch that ultimately really really hurt him. But I just think that final four minutes was was so big for those guards. Tanjay made some plays, Moore made some plays. Like I said, PJ Bird was just really important for this team down the stretch. And I just think that continues to be CSU's greatest strength is just the roster and how it's built, how they play together, how they've bought in. Yes, this team is incredibly talented, but it's that togetherness that really, really makes this group successful. And, and that's such like a cliche and I feel corny even saying it, but it really is the truth when you watch them, and it's kind of been the difference in some of these tight games. I, I genuinely believe that. So I'm going to play some post-game audio and uh, you know, let you guys hear from Nico Medved and, and you know, kind of what went down during those final instances, why they chose to not call a timeout and all that. But man, what a win. What a win. Um, I'm really looking forward to that Saturday game opportunity for the Rams to get a really big time sweep on the road, really set themselves up nicely to close down the stretch. You've still got, you know, Air Force, assumingly New Mexico at home, Northern Colorado, and then the trip to Nevada. You take care of business on Saturday. You're really, really sitting pretty as far as your at-large resume goes. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm really just excited. So we're going to get to that post-game audio. And uh, then I'm going to wrap up just with some final thoughts on some things that I want to see on Saturday and uh, briefly talk about the women's matchup as well. Uh, you want to take us through the last sequence there? Um, obviously, they hit that big three to tie it. What are you thinking when you get the ball? Are you just all out attack? Is that all that's on your mind? Uh, honestly, yes, sir. Uh, during the timeout right before uh, Williams came down, hit the shot, coach said if they, if they scored, get the ball and go to the basket and make a play, and that's what I tried to do. 
what's the feeling when they miss the the three following that and you guys, you know, kind of escape here in a game that I think you would probably say you didn't play your best? Mm-hmm. Uh, you feel me? Everybody have those games, but like we talked about in the locker room, it's all about, you feel me, the teams that can push through and find a way to come out victorious in games like these. Kendall, you've played in some pretty exciting border wars, obviously the big comeback in Laramie last year, but would you say this was the wildest comparatively? Uh, yes, sir, I would. Like you said, last year was kind of in the same predicament, and we found a way to come out of victorious. And today, we had our uh, starting PG and foul trouble, and like we talk about just next man up mentality, and we find a way to come out victorious again today. Um, far from a work of art, obviously tonight it wasn't, uh, it was not pretty at all um, in a lot of ways. And um, But you know what? Um, you look back on seasons, we knew this was going to be really tough here tonight. And somehow, you know, we found a way. And despite everything that happened, I, I did think we, we showed some poise down the stretch. We found a way to get some key stops when we needed it. Um, we um, somehow absorbed the turnovers and obviously the foul trouble that we had. And some guys just stepped up like crazy. I mean, John Tanjay uh, came in and was just awesome. I thought PJ Bird was awesome. Isaiah Rivera gave us good minutes, you know, in the first half. And then, you know, Kendall and David. Um, and then Adam obviously drilled that huge shot, you know, to, to take, take the lead late. But, um, hey, man, we found a way to win, and we're not giving it back. <laughs> We brought you damn good beer and now we're delivering to you damn good beef. Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. Hassle Cattle Company is a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas. They ship all over the beautiful U.S. of A. Straight to your door. They call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu. Why? Because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassle Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu frank without any fillers, two jerky flavors, original, sweet, and spicy, and their Hamburger One Food Network's best Northeast burger jam. That's big time, baby. Not only do we love their beef, the country loves their beef. These guys have taken their registered bulls and breeds and Angus cows, giving you the very high prime product that is grown with zero antibiotics, zero hormones. Head to Hassle Cattle Company right now. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L cattlecompany.com. Use the promo code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. Again, that's DNVR10 for 10% off your order at hasslecattlecompany.com. Check them out. We promise you will not be disappointed. All right, I am going to give my final thoughts and just talk about a few things that I'd like to see CSU clean up in game two before transitioning over to the women's team. And uh, one of the things that I really want to see from the Rams, uh, again, I'm talking about the men's team right now, in game two up in Laramie on Saturday, is I would like to see them attack more in transition. I thought early in that first half, CSU did a good job of looking to run when they got rebounds. Now, again, I get that this game was called tightly. I think Wyoming did a really good job of adjusting, particularly in the second half. Uh, final 10 minutes of the first half as well. They were just really doing a good job of getting back. It was clear that Jeff Linder had emphasized transition buckets being a a reason, uh, something that they needed to stop in order to compete in this game. They did a good job of getting back, but there were a few times where I felt like CSU had opportunities to attack and instead they kind of tried to go into the half court. And, you know, sometimes that's fine. Sometimes you can get 
a, a better bucket out of the half court, especially, you know, if you can work the clock and, and get an open look and rhythm. Uh, but there are other times where I think this Rams team, given how athletic they are, they just kind of need to put their nose down and look to get to the rim. You know, worst case, you draw a foul. I just, I'd like to see them attack. I had some people reaching out to me, former players kind of bringing that up, you know, hey, why are they, why are they going so slow here? And uh, I agree. I think that was a factor. Again, Wyoming does deserve credit for getting back, but CSU needs to look to attack in transition. Another area, and this is something that I've already talked about, so not going to go into it too extensively. You just, you have to defend the perimeter a little bit more uh, consistently. Wyoming missed some some really open looks in that second half, and that really could have buried CSU. Obviously, the last shot, but there were multiple where they were in rhythm, open, and Wyoming just bricked it. So that that could have been a big factor. Again, a, you know, some of that came down to the bigs being in foul trouble and and the guys on the wings trying to help out and, and double down low. So you need the bigs to step up. It's kind of a team effort. When one thing is going wrong, it tends to lead to multiple you know, other consequences. And that's what we saw on, on Thursday night. The last thing, and it's something that CSU did really well down the stretch and, and that's just look to, to attack and, and get to the rim. I think Wyoming is going to struggle with David Roddy's strength. I think you can get James Moore some looks down there. I, you know, I, I like what he's able to do with his back to the rim. He's gotten a lot more comfortable with his footwork. Did get called for a travel or two on Thursday night. Uh, one of them, I felt like he kind of just got shoved in the back. But again, you know, the officiating wasn't great. There's no reason to dwell on it over and over again. Uh, DT as well, you know, get some of these guys some touches down low. CSU did win the battle with points in the paint, but I think that's an area where they can really dominate. And the more you score down low, the more it's only going to open up things for guys like Adam Thistlewood, who obviously hit that massive three. And he deserves just so much credit, guys. He's he's become a legitimate three and D guy. You can put him on some of the team's best shooters and he's going to hang. Um, just just tremendous props to Adam Thistlewood, one of the players that I've enjoyed covering the most uh, since I've been on the beat, honestly. Just a humble kid, really, really kind, funny dude, and obviously a really talented basketball player. So it's been cool to see him come into his own. But yeah, you know, defend the perimeter. You get, get some stuff out of those out of those big guys, attack the paint, and it's only going to open things up for guys like AT, John Tanjay, you know, even Isaiah Stevens, he can shoot threes, Kendall Moore, everyone. Inside out basketball. It's, it's, sometimes it's simple. <laughs> it really is. So that's, that's kind of my keys. Um, but again, I wanted to talk some about the women's team as well. I, I had to go back and, and rewatch some of this stuff. I didn't get to watch all of it live because I had to get up to Laramie. Um, but this was kind of another instance of the Rams finding a way to win. You know, it, it was kind of a sluggish games at times. Wyoming, they, they played hard defense. They kept it tight. They were looking to play spoilers, looking to steal that upset win, much like what the men's team was doing. And, you know, led by Laura DeVos and McKenna Hofshield, they were kind of just able to, to fight them off and, and get it done. Now, I've said a couple times, I think Laura DeVos is the Nikola Jokic of this team. She's so versatile. You know, from a sheer athleticism standpoint, she's not like physically imposing, you know? When you look at her you know, in the, in the layup line before the game, you're like, oh man, this, she's going to absolutely ball out on us. And then she goes out there and she just drops 21 on you, pulls down nine rebounds. Like it's nothing. Six double doubles this season. I mean, she is just so solid. Eight of 13 from the field, only shot two threes, but guess what? She hit both of them. It's all about shot selection and unselfish basketball with this group. 
And that's what makes them so fun. And, and you know, much like the men's team, they just, they have so much depth. McKenna Hofschild, she had 15 points. In my opinion, if the Rams win the league, she's got to be the Mountain West Player of the Year. I mean, who's made a bigger impact for their team than her this year? Carly Murphy came off the bench. She had 12 points and seven boards. Tori Williams had eight. You know, they, they guarded her pretty well. She only took five shots in the game, but she was able to get a couple of clean looks from behind the arc off. This is a team that can win. They can score in a lot of different ways. And even when it's not going great, you know, most nights this team, they're going to score like 75, 80 points. They only got 69 on the board, but they played well enough defensively to get it done. You know, moving forward, much like the men's team, Ryan Williams, one of the things he brought up in his post game, he wants to see them attack more. They only had six fast break points. That's not the strength of this team. It's getting out and running. It's, you know, using McKenna's athleticism and allowing her to facilitate and make plays within the, the flow of a moving game. And that's what makes this team so hard to stop. They just, they have so many ways that they can beat you. They have so many players that can score. They're versatile. You know, I, I said earlier, it's it's unfortunate that it's probably going to be a one-bid league because assuming that you host a Mountain West tournament, you're going to have to win that. And if you don't, then, you know, essentially a lot of people are going to write off this season. But they shouldn't because this is a program that's been revitalized under Ryan Williams. There's a lot of talent. They're a lot of fun to watch. And if you can't get to Laramie this weekend, you know, stay home and, and watch the men's game on TV, pull up the women's stream, dual screen it. And just enjoy some really good basketball because that's what this team does. They're a great team. Um, I wish that I could be there more. You know, obviously my primary responsibilities are, are covering the men's team, but I, I really do wish I could be there more because this team, they deserves it. They deserve all the coverage. They deserve all the attention, uh, much more so than I've been able to give them this season. And, you know, I'll do my best. I promise I will do my best to talk about them as much as I can and follow along because they deserve it. Bunch of ballers, bunch of bucket getters. And they are 1-0 in the border war going for the sweep. And they will obviously be honoring cancer victims on their jerseys, teaming up with UC Health this Saturday. Just such a cool tradition. I mean, I talked about it with the men's thing. I think this is genuinely the coolest thing that CSU Athletics does. And I'm really, really just happy that the women's team gets an opportunity to do it because it's just an instance of something being bigger than basketball, being bigger than sports. This is what makes college basketball special. It's that bond and that commitment to the community and, you know, something greater than yourself. So really, really cool. Uh, really hoping that the Rams can take care of business, keep it rolling. They're like, they're starting to get the attention of NCAA tournament projectors across the country. I think they're going to make it buy in, watch this team. They're a whole lot of fun. All right. Make sure that you check out DNVR madness, my national college basketball podcast with Ben Girding of DNVR buffs. We go over everything going on around the country. It's been a crazy freaking week of college hoops. And I'm really looking forward to talking about all of that with him. I'm also on the NFL Draft Podcast. You don't even, you know, if you're, if you're subscribed to the Rams pod, it'll be right there in your feed. You don't even have to do anything different. Um, if you're an NFL Draft guy, go check it out. You know, especially for some of the takes from guys smarter than myself, my colleagues on that, uh, Andre Simone, Jake Schwanitz, Henry Chisholm, just some really, really bright guys. And it's a lot of fun. You know, we, we chalk it up. It's, it's Broncos centered, but we really talk about all things national college football across the country. It's essentially uh, our equivalent to DNVR madness for college football. Cause we, we talk about all the big games, all the big moments, bowl games, everything. It just happens to be centered around the NFL draft. All right. I'm going to have a couple of articles up on this first game. Got going to get a takeaways piece up. Also writing a feature on what it was like 
uh, attending this game. I got to talk to some CSU fans and and what the border war meant to them. I actually was hoping to play some of that audio here on the pod. The quality just, it didn't turn out quite like I was hoping. It was really deceptively loud in the AA. They had the music rocking. There was just a lot of background noise. And rather than subjecting you to that, I think I'll make it a special feature for DNVR subscribers who I continue to just love. You know, you guys make my dreams come true. Obviously, we're trying to do more stuff on video and social, but, you know, I'm a writer at heart and I'm going to make sure that I can get you guys some quality written content as well. Uh, Just all kinds of dope content for you. Social, video, podcasts, we do it all. That's what DNVR is all about. Community, making it more fun to be a sports fan. You know, nobody should have to cheer for their team alone. And that's what we're all about here at DNVR. So like I said, plenty of content coming your way. I'm going to go. I feel like I'm rambling. I'm tired. I didn't get a lot of sleep after that game. Wanted to rewatch it. Uh, Thank you to everybody. Much love. Stay safe. Peace. I only seem to write when the words, they don't come to me I'm staring at this page and I swear it stares back at me Read between the lines, see the blank and all the happenings It's been 35 and I ain't even wrote like half a thing Rhymes that make sense but more lines that didn't I was walking with my headphones, heavy bumping pivot Simplistic white pages, they dreaming we were famous They say they like the cadence, mark the summers like cicadas And features, those ain't favors, my mood rings an alligator Spit like Vader with the saber, steady kicking it like Prater Staring at white pages it's habitual behavior, check the flavor, that's some sage advice But confidence a great disguise, and certain lines are idolized Like yeah, I'm fine and I don't mind, it's out of sight, it's out of mind And I've been dwelling on my past just to see what I can find Lost and found memories of places I designed And my imagination's different now, but I swear